Hello, it is Tuesday, March 30th. As you can see from the lighting and hear from the sound, I'm not at my desk. I'm gonna do my best here to get the lighting and, and sound to work here. And, and hopefully this will be at least doable because I don't have the equipment I need with me right now, but it is what it is as uh, Max Holloway would say. And um, I apologize if this is uh, lower quality, but we'll get back to the normal quality uh, later this week. So start off uh, with Israel Adesanya. I guess he made a comment that he was going to uh, rape Kevin Holland if they ever uh, fought. Dumb remark, unfortunate remark, lost him his BMW deal with in New Zealand. BMW had signed him to represent the company down in New Zealand, but comments canceled that, canceled that um, deal. He apologized, which, okay, fine, but, the, you know, it was a dumb remark to make, and rape jokes are, are, have been, you know, those are one of those things that even comedians won't touch, most comedians won't touch. And male or female, it's it's just something you 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 shouldn't say and shouldn't threaten and shouldn't mention because, well, you just shouldn't do it because why 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 would you? I mean, it's not it's not a joking matter. Um, BMW obviously obviously thought that way, and like I said, canceled his deal. He apologized, fine, which I guess is going to be okay with the UFC. But what bothers me about the UFC in this. Um, and this matter is they they said nothing. They didn't even mention it, didn't bring it up. And it's we're now getting to the point where the question becomes what's the what's the limit? What's the limit on free speech? What's the limit um not free speech, but because we know that that's not what we're talking about here. We're just talking about people saying things. What's the limit of as Dana White always says, fighters staying, saying mean things to each other. So here's what we know fighters can get away with and have gotten away with in the UFC. Racism, xenophobia, homophobia, transphobia. Uh, they can sexually harass other fighters. We, we've seen that. Even if they're fighting on the same card as that other fighter, they can sexually harass that fighter. And UFC will do nothing. And now we're up to, to rape. That's all those things, a, a language that has been used in the UFC pretty recently. And no one from the UFC, UFC has addressed this. The last time we had some anything addressed with any, any kind of meaning was Nick Diaz and Matt Mitrione years ago when the UFC first announced its... Um, code of conduct but other than that nothing really Donald Cerrone went through some kind of fake apology tour and then made fun of that apology tour on the Joe Rogan show so there's no there's nothing so there being no limit now and that's because the UFC has allowed there to be no limit we we don't what's next what's next because we're pushing we're pushing the ceiling here. We're pushing the limits of of what people can and can't say. 
in, you know, just general society. These things are not tolerated. They're not tolerated in other sports. But Dana White, cowardly, in my opinion, uh, refuses to address these issues. I don't know why. He Maybe it's something to do with the fighters being independent contract contractors rather than employees. I don't know. But I do know that it's got to be shut down. Should have been shut down long ago. And the UFC code of conduct is a joke. And the UFC looks like a joke in this matter because they just let anything go. And Dana White excuses it, makes excuses for it by saying, well, fighters say mean things. There's a difference between saying mean things and just being a kind of an asshole. And this, that line has been crossed. But now the question becomes, how far over the line can you go? And who's going to do it? And when the UFC reprimands that person, what are they going to say? What about all these other people that did things just as bad? You didn't do anything to them. So the bar set at anything goes. And the UFC at this point can't really do anything but sit back and let it flow and see what happens. And that makes the UFC look bad and makes the UFC look like it doesn't do anything because it doesn't do anything. Uh, we're on this John Jones thing here. And I don't know what the plan is. Obviously, John Jones wants to fight Francis Ngannou. Why else would he give up his title, move up to heavyweight, go through putting on all this muscle, training harder to fight bigger, bigger opponents if it was all for show? That, and that's what Dana White's trying to tell you. Dana White's trying to tell you that, well, he really doesn't want it because he's going to end up asking for too much money. But... First of all, he's not asking for too much money. He's asking for the amount of money that he should probably already be getting. But the UFC with its 80-20 split and fighter revenue, or worse than that, is denying him that money. This isn't a matter of getting what he deserves. It's more a matter of getting a, what he should get or close to it. So Dana White can paint it any way he wants. And and if I was John Jones, I would spin that back. You know, the question what White's asking is, do you want this fight? And implying that if you wanted it, you would ask for what the UFC is willing to pay you. And Jones is saying, do you want this fight? Because if you want it, you would pay what it's worth to the fighters. I don't think it's going to happen. And Francis Ngannou believes that Jones wants to fight him. And he said... Uh, to TMZ, I believe that John Jones wants this fight. I believe he'll want it to happen because it's going to be a massive fight, mega fight. Basically, one of the biggest. I mean, he's been around so long and he's been champ for a very long time. But I think this might be the biggest fight of his career and mine. So I think he wants that thing. He wants to put something like this on his legacy, on his resume. So I truly believe he wants this fight to happen. I do too. John Jones is not afraid of Francis Ngannou. And Daniel Cormier said that too. This isn't a matter of being afraid of anyone. This is a matter of negotiating in public. And you can think if that's a wise thing or not. I think that John Jones has enough experience to know that negotiating in public will probably get him more money than negotiating in private. Otherwise, why would he go this route? He knows by now he's familiar with how the UFC works. And so if he negotiates in public... Maybe that works out for him a little better than negotiating in private. I'm going to assume 
he knows that because he's been down this road enough times before. Jones gave up that title and put on that weight because Dana White basically said he wasn't going to let him go up and down if he went to heavyweight and won the belt. And so he showed his commitment to the UFC and to going up to heavyweight by dropping that title and saying, all right, I'm going to put on this weight, this muscle, and I'm going to show you that I'm committed to going to heavyweight. The UFC, of course, shows its commitment to John Jones by implying that he's asking for too much money and that he's afraid of Francis Ngannou. It's stupid. And it's not like Jones, I'm sorry, White hasn't used this before. He used it on George St. Pierre, used it on countless other fighters, and now he's using it on Jones a second time. But is it going to work? I don't think it is. You can only hit the greatest hits of implying that fighters are afraid or that fighters don't want to fight a specific opponent so many times before the fans start to uh, tune you out and not believe what you're saying. I think we've reached that point with Dana White, and I think fans want to see this fight. They know that John Jones isn't afraid, and the pressure now is on the UFC. But, and this is something Daniel Cormier said too, and I agree here because it's something I've been saying for a long time, Jones thinks he has some some juice here, and he might, a very little amount. But if he pushes too hard, the UFC, in its hunt for profits, is going to go with the cheaper, the cheaper um, option, and that's Derek Lewis probably. And if not Derek Lewis, someone else. The UFC will then throw the whoever turned the turn fight down over money because they wonder what they deserve, not because they wanted what the, not because, for any other reason, they want what they deserve, well, they're going to get thrown under the bus. And Dana White has years and years and years and years of things John Jones has done to, that he can throw him under the bus. But at the same token, I don't think Jones is afraid to play dirty with White. And if he has anything to say on that, I expect Jones to come back and do the same. So, like I said, this could get interesting, could get heated, could get ugly. But, John, number one, John Jones isn't afraid. Number two, Dana White needs to get a new uh, a new catchphrase to smear his fighters and, and act like they're afraid. And number three, this isn't about getting paid an exorbitant amount. This is about getting paid what the UFC pretty much owes every fighter. Uh, Jones isn't asking for more than he's worth. He's just asking for more than the UFC is willing to give. And there's a huge gap between those two. I I think Jones d deserves everything he asks for. And we know the UFC is cheap. Pay the man. Book the fight people want to see. Remember, in the old era, Lorenzo Fertitta would always say, the UFC books the fights the fans want to see. Well, the fans want to see this fight. If it was Lorenzo Fertitta, I don't think this would be as big as a sticking point. But now that there's owners... Now that Dana White has new bosses, now that the focus is on making that those bosses money, that's where we're, we're seeing an issue. We'll see what happens. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would say we're not going to see this fight in 2021. All right. Habib Nurmagomedov is officially retired, even though he officially retired months ago. Dana White finally gave up badgering him, bothering him hounding him 
and asking him to come out of retirement. He retired. The reason he gave the night that he beat Justin Gaethje was that his mother no longer wanted him to fight now that his father had died. And he gave her his word that the Gaethje fight would be the last fight. He stuck by that word. And White finally accepted that. I thought it was shitty of White to keep badgering him. I will always feel that way because it was uncalled for. Because White has always said, if someone wants to retire, then they should retire. And But that didn't hold true for fighters like Cormier or Nurmagomedov. When they wanted to retire, White changed his tune because he knew he could make money off those guys. Nurmagomedov stuck to his uh, guns. and But what he said was uh, it wasn't easy at some points. And here's what he said. He'll call and he'll say, hey, this fight is official. Oh, hold on. I'm on the wrong one here. In the last meeting, he come in and he say, hey, what are we going to do? I say nothing changed. And I think, just my opinion, lightweight division has to go on. I don't want to hold up the division. My decision is no change. And I hope you're going to understand me because if someone don't want to fight, if someone finish, you have to leave them alone. What do you think about this? So there you go. And he accepted that, I guess. Uh, but what he also said that sometimes that he said things that weren't uh, weren't very nice. He said sometimes that White was nice, sometimes he wasn't. And so that's where it gets, you know, that's where it's pretty shitty. This guy did everything. He won fights. He went out there, did what he needed to do. It's 29 and 0. And you're going to bother him and say unkind things to him because he doesn't want to make you, Dana White, and the UFC as much money as you want him to make the UFC. This isn't was never about Nurmagomedov getting the 30-0. This was about, as George St. Pierre said, one one thing, not letting a fighter retire with the belt and making as much money from that fighter before they do retire as you can. Nurmagomedov cut his own career off at the time he wanted to, and that did not sit well with the Dana White in the UFC. And so he bothered him and bothered him and bothered him. It was disrespectful to Nurmagomedov. It was disrespectful to his mother. It was disrespectful to the memory of his father. And it was disrespect. It was just disrespectful to everyone all around. And Dana White, once again, showed who he was, showed what mattered to him. These fighters don't matter to him. None of them. The only thing that matters is the money that can be made off the blood and brains and bodies of every fighter under the UFC banner. So I'm glad Nurmagomedov stuck to his guns. I'm glad that White failed after after gloating that he was going to be able to get this guy to retire. I mean, come out of retirement. But what he did was just, just low and disrespectful. And like I've said before, not unexpected. Dana White said that... Um, and Justin Gaethje thinks that he might be getting the freeze out here since the title fights Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. And I don't know, maybe that's true. He said maybe he feels he's being punished for some things he's said in the past against the UFC or spoke up about certain things. Again, maybe that's true because, as we know, the UFC is not always, shall we say, good to the people that speak up against it. So that could be true. But what White said when when he got word of what Gaethje thought was, and this is dumb and has no logical string to it. 
you know how that is. Timing is everything. When these fights happen, how much damage did the guy who won take and what kind of personal shit does he have going on? You know, all that stuff factors into when the next fight would be. But Justin Gaethje couldn't be in a better place. And I would say the obvious follow-up question to this is, how? How is Gaethje in a good place? He's not getting the title fight. The next title fight is probably going to go to the winner of McGregor and Poirier. And so Gaethje's in a spot now where he's going to wait probably a year if he, if he, to get a title fight. And so how is that a good spot? It's not even a fair spot. It's a shitty spot. And anyone that follows the sports knows that Gaethje's in a bad spot right here. But no one asked that. No one followed up. And then this is kind of in the same vein of when White was at the post-fight press conference at UFC 260 and said, well, the uh, the fights should take place in full arenas and with full crowds, and that's what should happen. No one asked him how or why that should happen during a pandemic, but it was just kind of accepted as, well, that's what Dana said, and that's what we're going to roll with. Obviously, you would want to know how or why the fights are going to be take place in a full arena during a pandemic. But no one asked. They just, you know, kind of, okay, Dana White said it. That's what's got to be the truth. Same thing here. Gaethje's in a good spot. Anyone who follows the sport knows that's not true. But yet it was accepted. I don't understand why the media is so eager to accept what White says so often as the gospel truth. Because so often it is patently untrue. And this is one of those examples. Gaethje's not in a good spot. End of story. No gray area there. The only way he gets in a good spot is if McGregor or Poirier falls out of that fight based on money. Then he's in a good spot. Other than that, he's in a shitty spot. Um, speaking of a shitty spot, since Aljamain Sterling won the Bantamweight title, he's been saying and doing things that are not putting him in a good light and he did the same recently when he kind of said that well he didn't kind of he said that Petr Jan should not get a rematch um, Jan as we know was disqualified for throwing a, bl a blatantly illegal knee to Sterling's head Sterling was awarded the title for the DQ and Sterling is now the Bantamweight champion and here's what Sterling said about Jan. Any other sport, when you do something intentionally illegal, you get suspended, you get fined, you get ejected from the game. This guy is getting rewarded with a rematch, which is a big fight. But it is like, can we just break the rules and nothing is ever going to happen to us? I can just jump the octagon and nothing is going to happen. I can go and fight another corner or push him after the bell and nothing's ever going to happen. It's like, I feel like when you have rules for a reason and you have to enforce them, or otherwise just run it up. So I would ask Aljamain Sterling this. Had the fight not been a DQ and the title went back to Jan, would he be asking for a rematch? And the answer is, yeah, we know he would. We know he would. I mean, why wouldn't he? If you lose by an illegal knee and the referee had judged it a no contest... Obviously, he would have asked for a rematch. So it's the same kind of situation. He's in the same boat. I don't know what he's... I don't know 
why he's complaining like this. It's a bad look. We saw what happened. It could have went either way. It could have been a DQ. It could have been a no contest. One way, Jan gets the, keeps the title. Another way, Sterling gets the title. Either way, there should be a rematch because the fight didn't end with one of the one fighter, you know, beating the other fighter. The rules beat the fighter. And also, I'd be careful what I ask for here. I'm one of those people that thinks the rules should be enforced all the time. One fence grab, you get a point because the rules are the rules. If you are saying this now, then you, I'm just talking about Sterling here. Well, then does he want the rules to be enforced that strictly? Does he want every possible foul to be enforced and taken a point away? I don't think any fighter wants that because weird shit happens in fights. But a groin kick, point off. I don't think any fighter wants that because sometimes it's just the, the fighter you're throwing the kick against moves at the last minute, adjusts at the last minute, and it goes to the groin. Or it catches him in the back of the head. It's a, it's a gray area. We all know that. But if Sterling wants black and white, well, be careful what you ask for. But, but this all just boils down to he does not want to fight Jan again for whatever reason. Because had this gone the other way, like I said, I guarantee you he would have been the one asking for a rematch. Um, that's all I'm going to have for today. I will hopefully be back tomorrow. I still have some things to cover and I don't want to make this, you know, I always shoot for around 20 minutes on these. So we're into 22 right now. So, um, I'm probably going to have the same kind of setup for tomorrow. I hope the sound is good enough for you guys. I'll try and do some things here in post to, to boost it up and make it clear and, and all that jazz. I apologize, uh, but I will get this straightened out in a couple days We'll be back to normal. And so just stick with me. Again, I apologize. And until tomorrow or next day, everyone stay safe.